Would you knock people down if there was a fire? Would you be mowing people down? No. Would you? Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're listening to the Nth Cast. This is episode 37. I'm Josh. I'm JD. 37. In, Are we, a, in a row? I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like quite a Saturday night. <laughs> we had to make the obvious reverent, reverence. Yes, reverence, reverence is mean, correct. The reverence should be held. <laughs> the reverence is correct to the blessed Pope Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, 37. We made it. 37. We did. That's 37. Quite, quite an achievement. Go us. Yeah. Yay. Yay. But I mean, we're a little late too. Yeah. 37 in a row, though. That's why we're late. Yeah. I mean, it was quite a, it was quite a week. <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even stop for air. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, why stop for air? We didn't stop Are you for Tom Cruise else? now training to hold your breath for six minutes so you don't, uh, so that you can uh, get the practical shot yeah. of, uh, you know, non CGI holding your breath underwater mm-hmm. in the Rogue Nation. Yeah, and then the latex that oh. I that I was wearing. Latex. Yeah. On like, what? Well, that was the suit he was wearing. It was all latexy. Oh, to, it was. To show him how long he can hold his breath. This is how much oxygen is left in your skin. We're jumping the gun. Yeah, well. We so, do, we do that sometimes. So in today's episode, we are gonna talk to talk to how many somebody? limoncellos have I had? I mean, have you just been drinking? I week? have lost <laughs> count. <laughs> this has got to be what two, three? It, it, I think it's three. Yeah, maybe go ahead and finish it off. Yeah, please do. Mm. Yeah, because I'm tired of looking at it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, it's like drinking Mister Clean. I know. I had a White Russian, and I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it said it may, it may get two for two. Was it one of those mail order things? Mm, yeah, it was. M A I L. Yes, mail. Yeah, she. Yeah, it was a male woman. What? No. What is this Taiwan? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Are we in Bangkok, Thailand? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> no, I had a white Russian because we were out of whiskey. So that's our fault. Yeah, that's. I, we I'm, we. I blame planning. myself. Poor planning is why we're a little late this yeah, week well, too. But we have actually we have a legitimate excuse. We do. We we were learning. We, we were, were learning. Knowledge is power, and we were trying to expand ours so we'd have more power. Right. I was just thinking that knowledge is half the battle. This is, is what I was thinking. Mm, that that's another. That's that's another good. That's example. good enough. Yeah. So, in today's episode, we're going to talk about. Mission Impossible 5. Rogue or Nation. Is it really? Well, it's 5, but it's Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Yeah. Uh, which we saw while we were on our road trip. As we did we take me- a road trip. We, as we mentioned last week, we were we, going to be in Fort Worth. Taking, we followed through. Uh, shooting on up to North Texas. To the D. To the D. We got plenty of vitamin D, I think. Yeah. Did you get enough vitamin D? I did. Did you? I did. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I was educated Wait. in more than one way. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> How did you squeeze that in? I wasn't... <laughs> well, I jumped a little I mean, I was... We, we then... roomed. We roomed. And so how did... I can't really think of too you're, many times when I wasn't there. You're a heavy sleeper. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't you. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Left you alone. You were fine. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. So we're going to talk about our experiences. We are. And we maybe are. some knowledge that we gained. I think so. So let's just... Uh, one of the things that we learn is not, to not waste people's time yeah, and just jump right in. We're already not following through. We are. We are. But that's okay. So podcast movement was quite the experience. Um, really, I personally am really glad that we went. Me too. I think that we learned a lot. I w- was really apprehensive because I felt like it would be a colossal circle jerk. Yeah, it, it had the potential to be. It did have the potential, and I think there was still some elements of that going on. Yes. Just by nature of you get enough, you get that many people in a small enclosed area. Yeah, enough jack legs get together. It's, it's going to get, yeah, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when it's dealing with, you know, uh, uh, well, people that want to make money off of podcasts and monetization right. of podcasts. It gets a little masturbatory. Oh, absolutely um, it does. And everybody is trying to, you know, there's it was a huge measuring contest in some <laughs> in some ways, which we didn't really participate in that. Which well, you can't, yeah. because you, you don't go into battle against uh, an enemy that is unarmed. Truly. So it's like, this is not fair. Right, I, right, yeah, this I, is, I don't, I'm not interested in crushing people. Right, and maybe hopes and dreams, but <laughs> but there's a couple of people who need their dreams crushed. But that that wasn't our job this weekend. We were there to learn we, how to make our dreams a reality, and and learn we did. I think there were some things that uh, were imbued upon us that don't quite apply uh, based on what niche we're in. Yes, we really was there really any other nerd no. and geeky I d- type. And I know you say I didn't talk to anybody because I'm... You did. I, I did talk to people and everybody... It is two colossal introverts going to a conference <laughs> to network talk with people. Yeah. Bad idea number <laughs> right. one. Sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it could have been. But, you but know, it wasn't. Everybody wanted to talk to us because we looked different with our beards. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we weren't in suits. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. everybody. So I talked to a lot of people and we were the only nerdy podcast yeah. that was there. A lot of... A lot of business podcasts, a lot of self-help podcasts, a lot of sales podcasts, and yeah, which is cool. I mean, there's a bunch of those, and I, I wish them the best of luck, but that's just not something that we're interested in. That's right. And that's, and that's not something I feel like I'm an expert in. I couldn't give you any advice on how to be a better salesperson. But it was worth hearing Aisha Tyler, uh, Mark Marin, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Sarah Koenig. Sarah Oh, gosh. why? How could I forget? The, what is she, the godmother? Yeah. She invented uh, podcasting she invent, last according year. According to Roman Mars. Well, I can't forget Roman Mars Roman well. Mars was awesome. He was awesome. I wish because, I was as cool as that dude because he talks, <laughs> he talks so softly, but you just so much power behind his voice. I like how he, he talks. I like how he just sat down behind a desk to give his keynote as though he was doing a podcast. Right, because he kept playing music too, and you could see him over when his little board changed in the music in it the was, background. It was awesome. It was it was pretty epic. It, it was it was awesome. Uh, so the keynotes alone, I think, made the whole weekend absolutely worth it. Worth it. And so, what is the net result out of this for us? We are we're going to go back to the drawing board on a few things. Sure. And there will be some changes. Nothing. Um, I don't think anything drastic. No, nothing drastic. But one thing that I really want to do, something that I really have been thinking about ever since this weekend. I mean, every day. <laughs> For three days. Well, first of all, we go back to the old day job, and it, it sucked How even more. How depressing was that? It sucked even more because 
this weekend solidified within me that this is what I want to do. Absolutely it is. Now, you have to balance that with feeding your family and keeping a roof over their heads. Right. Right? So you can't just quit your day job and podcast. Right, you can't do that. That would be irresponsible. Yeah, you have to be prepared a little bit. But that said, we're, we're we're not doing this for money. No, no, no. We do it because we're, we're we not, love it. We didn't go to this conference because we want to learn how to make money off of this podcast. Will we need to at some point? Yes. Yeah. Why? Because equipment costs money. Hosting costs money. Time so costs money. At some point, right. and we're going to figure that out, and we're going to do what's right uh, by everyone. Truly. Uh, including us, right? Yeah. And But above all, that's not what this is about. No. I would do this for free forever. Right. And I want to keep it that way for as long as possible. Right. In that story I told you, there was, in one of the sessions, they were like, all right, draw a picture of yourself when you do the thing that you feel like really is what you want to do. The last time you felt like you were really yourself. And I was like, this sounds super cheesy, but whenever we're recording the show is when I feel like I can really be myself because you have to put on different hats and different faces. Is this the picture that you drew of you filleting the microphone? Yeah, probably, (laughs) probably that one. I mean, you know, this microphone is my mistress, but (laughs) wow. Um, No, I just, the, I agree with you. This really solidified. Like, this is what I like to do. This is probably my favorite part of every week. It's a highlight of my week is when I get to come and do the show. And, you know, the fact that people respond and listen to it makes the highlight last longer. And the the other or highlight for me is the fact that we get to interact with so many cool people. And so one of the things that we will see uh, change for a positive is we're really going to work hard to implement some new uh, things to where we all can interact together uh, a little bit. Yes. If more efficiently. Uh, I'm getting a little older. And so some of the things that we do now, um, I, I'm afraid that I miss some messages and I have a hard time going back and finding certain things. Yeah. And so dialogue gets lost. Sure it does. And there are conversations that I... I know that I've let die that uh, wasn't on purpose, and I want to avoid that. But more than anything else, I want the people that I talk to on a regular basis uh, to be able to talk to each other. Right, right And right. I want us we've, – we've talked about community before. Like-minded people. Yes, absolutely. And that's what this is going to be about. This is about us being one big happy Family, the nth cast family. Um, yeah, and I, I even want to skip past the whole friend thing because to me, um, I don't know, family's dip deeper. And anybody who richer. can suffer through the show week after week, that's family. <laughs> I consider them family, absolutely. Because my listen, family won't even suffer. Through no, this week they after weren't. Week. Which I met your family, and your family's delightful. But you see where I get some of my. I see completely where all your neurotic tendencies come from. (laughs) Um, But no, you're absolutely right. Uh, Actually, we did discourage your mother from listening to the show. I did. I think on every uh, every opportunity I got, please don't listen. Please please don't listen to my mother. If you love your son, please don't listen to this. (laughs) I I love my mother. She's a tremendous woman and been a great influence in my life. But. I think she would be disappointed in me if she uh, listened to the show. Well, I, I think 
Actually, she, I think you'd be surprised. Well, she tells me every week that she's happy that I'm doing something performing wise because she thought I was yeah. so good at it. My mom thinks I'm cool, so yeah. But you'd be surprised. A mother's love is something that is, is it, oh yeah is hard to comprehend. So no, of course yeah, not. Not being a mom, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, so that said, you're going to see a a more deeper, richer hopefully satisfying experience. We're going to get back to the mission that we had from the beginning, yeah. which was something to take things to the nth degree. Not it, Absolutely. And that that's not just what you listen to. That's how we connect. Right. And I think, I think you hit it. I think you hit it on the head. That's absolutely what I think our vision was to begin with. Mm-hmm. And we were still trying to feel our way out, around, and we didn't quite know what all that meant. But we knew that we were passionate about something and passionate about the things that we talk about. Right. And we knew that we wanted to, our mantra to be doing doing whatever that is to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's what we're gonna. That's what we need to do. That's what we have to do to be for, authentic. To, that's what we have yeah, to be. Yes, for because that's who we are for the community. Yeah, for our community. Mm-hmm. And for us. And for us. Because that's who we are. Because that's we're, how we do things. And we're part of the community. So Yes. Uh, I think that's enough about that. I think I would we got agree. our point across. Uh, just get look look forward to some changes, some and positive thank you changes. for sticking with us. Oh, gosh. It. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. God, I don't even. Thank uh, you. Those, those words always seem inadequate. They do. And I don't know if we there's say not a it better way. Enough. There's not a better way to describe it. We're just thankful and grateful for what we've experienced so far through this. The the fact that anyone pushed play once. But anybody who did it more than once. No, yes. I'm just kidding. We thank you. Yeah, very much. Very much so. So let's um You want to get into this? Yeah, let's get into this. Unless we have anything else. Like I can't think of anything no. else. Mm-mm. I think one of the well, we're just gonna let's let's try to keep it tight. Let's light, try tight to, and bright. Light, tight, and bright. Let's try to employ the techniques that we learn right. from this weekend. Because otherwise, it's just noise. It is noise. Waste of time. We we don't want to waste your time. Right. We don't want to waste your time. We, we want to be. Was it people of value? <laughs> whatever that. Whatever the hell that. <laughs> I don't means. know that anybody's ever described us I've, as people of value. No. I don't know how much value. I don't even think I have values. Right. Let alone. All right, so Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. So before we hang on, before okay, okay, we get okay. into it, let's set the scene. Oh, okay. We're in we're in Fort Worth. We now are. we actually blew off the Podcast Academy awards award ceremony, which, which I don't regret what, at what, all. What the hell is that yeah. even? I, I mean, can, anybody, can we bag on that a little? I think anybody. <laughs> yes, we should. Because, well, we weren't nominated, so why should we go? Well, I mean, it's like it feels kind of like a made up award. You know what I'm saying? But most awards are well, made up. This is true. But it's like the Hollywood Star Walk of Fame. You you think they're they're being awarded that? No. It's like someone winning a People's Choice Award. Like really? How is that an award? Since when did that award mean anything? So oh, I, the people have spoken. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know the criteria for being nominated. I don't know the criteria for winning. I don't know if there's an academy of podcasters that votes on the awards. But they had a whole ceremony, and people won like this little microphone award. So good for them. Congratulations. So that was the circle jerk portion. Truly, I'm glad we skipped it. Would we go even if we were nominated, or we would just do? Would we record the satellite? Oh yeah, we would. We would accept. Like we would totally be there in absentia. We. <laughs> <laughs>
we're totally here, but we just didn't want to come up here. So right. we recorded yeah. a uh, we're on, satellite feed. This is via Periscope. Peri- Thank oh. you. Thank you so much, Podcast Awards. That would be... That would be perfect. Nobody could bag on us that way. They'd no. Be, well, they're just using the tools. They're, we're just using the tools. But uh, yeah, that part was a little... And if you'd like to learn more, we're going to have a panel on that right. tomorrow. It's time for panel. <laughs> well, and when we, even when we walked in the hotel in the whole night, we were like, oh, until we went to the first actual event, we were super nervous. We were the first keynote, yeah. which was great. It was. So, so we blew that off. And Friday, worth, it was on Friday night. Right. So we blew that off. We got like the last... Two well, there was only there's like a handful of tickets left. But we lucked out that we didn't have to sit in the front row. We got to sit that in is the, correct. the back row. At the AMC in downtown Fort Worth. Which I now, had been to before. I had never been to an AMC that had the reclining chairs. Which was pretty sweet, right? That was spectacular. Uh I mean as long as there's literally not a fire. lay down. As long as there's not a fire. Oh god. If there was dead. a fire. Yeah, we'd be dead. We were in the How do we back, get out of here? back row middle. Yeah. We would be the very last people. I mean, that's not true. I would. Would you knock people down if there was a fire? Would you be mowing people down? No. Would you? Oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to get to the exit and show you which way to get out. Sir, you can't stand there. You're blocking the fire exit. I, I'm mobile. I have legs. If there's a I fire. can't block anything. <laughs> so, but those chairs were super comfortable. They were, I guess, if there was a fire, I'd be like, fuck it, I'm here. Right. It's your time to go. It's so do- I'm done. At least I'm comfortable. Just, yeah. And it's one of those old school theaters because you're used to the stadium seating. And I think AMC, instead of trying to bulldoze all their theaters because they had so many, they're like, you know, we'll just add these recliners and this weird, like, super, not a very big slope all the way up. So I think it's, it's good very for them. roomy. Yeah, very roomy. It's good for that because when I grew up in South Dakota, those are the only kind of theaters we had. We didn't have stadium seating; we just had those. Like you, you couldn't really see over the person in front of you's head because you know you're only like two only inches higher the than slight. Him. Yeah, the you're only, only two slight, inches yeah. higher. Than okay. Him. Yeah, so I think that was good for them coming up with that idea for their theaters. So we're in a very relaxed environment absolutely plenty of space between us yes. and whoever we're sitting next to had our popcorn and our beverage we're gonna fire up mission impossible rogue nation mm-hmm. and i didn't like it I, I i didn't i couldn't get into it i it just i left i left wanting uh, mm-hmm. am I skipping ahead too much? I no, mean, no. is it wrong for me to go ahead and say that I did not enjoy no. Rogue Nation? It was very meh. Right. It was very meh. I agree with you. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, but I didn't, I wasn't thrilled. Were, were, you weren't thrilled. It's not a movie were, that I'd ever see again. Were you disappointed that you saw it? Yes. You were. I was disappointed that I honestly, but I not because I didn't want to see Mission Impossible. I felt like we had other options that I would have much rather seen. Why did we not go see Southpaw? You know, I don't know. I think part we of We had the discussion. And I think the reason the decision we came to is that our audience would rather hear about Mission Impossible than Southpaw. So do you think that was the wrong decision on our part? Yes. Do you think it was the wrong decision because we made it purely on what we thought people would want to hear? Yes. I don't think we went to see that. And I think maybe we both went And that's in. something I think maybe we need to yeah, I think change we, Yeah, going we went forward. in with an attitude like, ah, we'll see this for these people, but we'd rather watch this. And I think that's wrong. And I, I, I agree. 
I think we should bad on us. I think we should have seen Southpaw because I, I think if if I were to really be honest, I didn't even really want to see it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I, I I'm I think the only reason we did it is so that we would have something to talk about right. today, which is wrong. Which is wrong. Yeah. So we don't ha- need to go see Fantastic Four now. Thank God. Oh, good. Actually, no. Hang on. My kids want to see it. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if I want to subject them to that crap, though. Every preview that comes out makes you want to see it less. Less and less and less. And not even the Deadpool, which I think was brilliant. The Deadpool teaser Mm -hmm. for the teaser of the trailer at the end of the current Fantastic Four uh, trailer. Right. Was a stroke of genius. And look, can we just take a sidebar? Sure. I really want to see Deadpool now. Yeah. I I'm, really I'm probably looking forward to that more than Star Wars. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. The tone. Yeah. I'm the touching t- myself tonight. Yes. <laughs> the tone looks right. It looks it looks on. It looks spot on. It does. Now it could it could be it could be one of those things where the trailer is the highlights of the movie, which is, happens a lot. But I don't think so. I, I'm having faith. I'm going to have faith until I'm proven otherwise. So, do we need to set up what Mission Impossible was about, and then sure. kind of deconstruct it a little? Yes. Do you want to do that? I'll do that. Okay. Spoiler alert: We're going to spoil the whole plot right here. Oh, well, so, if you haven't seen it, apparently and you everybody's seen it, right. so I wouldn't even worry about. But that. I just want: if you haven't seen it, we're going to totally spoil the plot. Like yeah, completely. So shut it off. Don't so, do that. So the whole, basically, the whole point of the movie is the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force, which is what Ethan <laughs> Ethan Hunt works for. They're trying to hunt down an anti IMF called the Syndicate. Mm. But the whole time, the IMF has been disavowed completely because the CIA has decided that they're going to shut them down. So it's basically four members of the IMF working under the shadow of the CIA to try and bring down the syndicate. We don't know what the syndicate's about. You don't know what their ultimate goal is. You don't even know who's in the syndicate because everybody in the syndicate was apparently dead before. They've all been said, hey, these people are dead, but oh, wait, they're actually alive because they're in the syndicate. So they fake their death. They fake their death so that they could join the syndicate. So they uh, they do a li- they do an okay job of explaining kind of what the syndicate was at the end, but throughout the whole movie, you have no idea where they came from, what their purpose was, or anything like that. And so basically the whole point of the movie is that Ethan Hunt um, teams up with Ilsa, who you're not sure if she's good or bad, Throughout the whole movie, you kind of think that she's good, but then you kind of think she's bad. She goes real back and forth. I think she was probably the best character in the film. Yeah, but they didn't even sell that very well, no. I think. But go ahead. Keep so going. they work together to bring down the villain who's the head of the syndicate and stop the syndicate from basically taking over the world and getting this crazy amount of funding that they have in holding um, some trillions or billions of dollars. Because if they get that kind of money, the amount of havoc that they could wreak on the world would be ridiculous. So that's basically the point of the movie, is that Ethan is is working in the shadows, hiding from the CIA, and trying to find the syndicate on his own. Right? Yeah. It was ridiculously simple It was plot. a simple plot, yeah. Very simple. Very mo- the Probably the m- simplest plot out of all of them. And I think 
I don't know that that was a detriment to the film. I don't think. No, 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 no. I feel like if they feel like the plot had been any more complex or convoluted, this movie would have been even worse. Yeah, I think some of the best films ever made have an incredibly simple Absolutely. plot. Because and because it's easy to understand, and then it becomes something that you is a little more easily relatable to. Right, and that's you can see what they're working towards the whole time. So for me, let me just start by saying I have been perplexed, not quite haunted, but just seriously questioning why. I didn't care for this movie when it seems like everyone doing reviews and we're alone is saying this is the best of the mission impossible movies. You've got articles on I zero nine saying that it's almost as good as Mad Max Fury Road. It wasn't even close, which yes, that seems like sacrilege. That's a ridiculous Saying that statement. it's better than the James Bond movies, which is that's stupid. I think in Spy and I movies, haven't even watched. There's a couple of the new recent James Bond movies that I, I haven't even gotten a you chance. You've seen to the get. Daniel Craig ones. I haven't. I have seen the. I saw the first one. Uh, what is uh? That's the Casino Royale. Casino Royale. But you haven't. So you haven't seen? No. Oh, wow. I haven't had an opportunity. Now They're I'm so going good. to. I'm going to get caught up because I really want to see Spectre. Skyfall and, is awesome. And then, then even this, the whole Syndicate thing, felt like it smacked of Spectre. Uh, Spectre mm-hmm. and this shadow and, uh, organization. Because Spectre had a preview before Mission Impossible, which looked fan- which was better than the Mission Impossible movie. Just the preview. Yeah, just the preview alone. Yeah. Uh, it looks fantastic. It does. Um, so I'm glad we're, we're talking about this because I, I'm i having a hard time understanding where I'm going. Is is it me? I, I don't think so. I, why, why am I not liking it? What am I missing? Have I missed something? Here, or, is this, or is this an example of some elaborate scheme, some marketing genius so. or ploy that is some somehow memori- memorized <laughs> here we go Vulcan death punch yeah. uh, <laughs> I need limoncello whiskey whisker <laughs> um, that has lured or or, or mesmerized the no. public into try, you know believing that this is but but honestly I I haven't talked to anyone personally I I, I asked some folks on Twitter and most of the responses I got is, I, I, I enjoyed it, but it's not the best one. Or, meh. Exactly. You know, same kind of response. So when I talk to individuals, I'm hearing something different than what I'm reading. Okay. Well, here, here's my opinion. I feel like this movie had maybe a broader appeal than the movies that we normally watch. Mad Max doesn't have a wide appeal. Ant-Man, not a super wide appeal. And I feel like a lot of people hmm. that wouldn't normally watch the kind of films that we're into watch this film. And, and, and subsequently enjoyed it. Right. Because it's... This may have been the only film that they've seen all summer. I would bet some of the people that see Mission Impossible didn't see Terminator, didn't see Jurassic World, didn't see Ant-Man or Mad Max for sure. But Because like my parents went and saw this movie. They didn't see any of those other movies. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I feel like we're spoiled because we're seeing a lot of movies this summer, blockbuster-wise, that I think are better than Mission Impossible. 
And so that's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking is that the, compared to other movies we've seen this summer, it doesn't measure up. But we've seen a bunch of other movies this summer, and a lot of other people haven't. But the but that doesn't explain the review part. I don't understand why. It was, I've read a couple reviews that are kind of negative, but most every review you read from like a real reviewer from a publication or something like that says it's awesome, and I don't get it. I don't understand. Well, I want to. I like to judge things on their actual merits and try sure. to be as objective as possible. So let's maybe try to break it down a little okay. bit and see uh, where. I, I'm not saying I. I'm not going to necessarily change my mind. I just I want to understand. Sure. I just want understanding. And so, was it was it casting? I don't think it was casting. Mm, I think it was pacing. You think it was pacing? I think the main problem was pacing. I feel like it peaked way too soon. The first minute of the movie is the plane scene where he's on the side of a plane doing that crazy stunt that looked awesome. You thought that was going to have something to do with the overall plot. All right. And, so it, and it didn't. That was just like, hey, this is the movie you're going to be watching. That's that. You know what? That is highly accurate. That that <laughs> didn't. It didn't have anything to do with the actual plot no. of the movie. It was just. A it was just stunt. kind of. A, it's a stunt. A stunt. A stunt. So movie. you could see a stunt, and maybe they felt like there wasn't enough stunts, or they wouldn't hit you hard enough in the face to start with. But I don't think that was necessary, and I think that was really detrimental to the movie because the the best action scene was at the beginning and then the rest of the movie was trying to catch up and i don't think any of the action scenes after that caught up do you think that the him uh hanging off the side of this was an airbus Mm -hmm. i forget the model who cares do you think it would be anywhere as nearly as impressive as if we hadn't have known that it was a 100 percent practical effect no, I mean I don't think that hurt it. Well, I'm that's not what I meant to say. I, did that make it more impressive? Sure, I think that made it more impressive that he actually did it. But I, I just the more I thought about it, I, I didn't think it felt like it was a tag on, an add on, just for spectacle. Okay, and I don't think that was good for the movie. So, what was the next big action sequence? Well, there was a couple of, uh, you know, he gets trapped. He gets caught in the phone booth with his mission. And then there's a couple, like a nice fight scene where the bone doctor's there trying to break him and him and Ilsa mm-hmm. beat those guys up. But that was, that's a normal fight scene. But I think the best scene in the whole movie was the opera house scene. Yep. Because it's like multiple snipers with their fake guns that they snuck in with Nason Dorma in the background, which is just a brilliant song in its own right. If you put that as the background, I anything, actually like that. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that was brilliant. And then the reprise every time he kind of got close to Ilsa and yes. would kind kind of connect with her, you hear the reprise. Yeah, and so that I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that was the best scene in the movie, but it didn't really advance the plot because it was just it nobody was, cared. Nobody they were trying to shoot who them. cared about this chancellor. Right. Did you care about him? No. Did you, do you ever care about a politician? That's, well, that's, yeah, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get into that. But my, my point is, within the context of the movie, who cares? Because eventually he does actually uh, get assassinated because right. of the bomb in the car. But but so the, the emotional impact of that scene, uh, it really didn't have any ultimately because no one cared about the right. character that was in danger. Right. Because they, they're trying to sell you that it's the syndicate versus the IMF. 
But that person wasn't a member of the IMF. It's not like it was an all-out war of the IMF versus a syndicate, which is what they tried to sell you on. It was the IMF trying to stop the syndicate, which the IMF always is trying to stop the bad guys. So I felt like that was... No matter how impossible the mission may seem. Right. So I felt like that was kind of lost (laughs) because it was a gorgeous scene. It was shot beautifully. It was. And the fight scenes along with the music were were really well done. I mean, the the hand-to-hand combat was a little choppy, but I think that's just because Tom Cruise is getting old and there's not much... He can't do it like he used to. But I think with the snipers and that, it kind of made up for it. But... I did like the car chase... Or the motorcycle chase. Yes. That actually was pretty good. That was really good. But I guess it really felt like all the action sequences were in descending order as opposed to ascending order. So we start big, and I felt like they got increasingly smaller. Right. And the heist? And even to the end of the movie... Oh. That was a strange. Yeah, they were running. I d- yeah, they, they were, were running. Very but it's a fighting. Tom Cruise movie. Obviously, he's going to run at some point. But there's there was but, very little fighting in that. You felt like it could have been like an actual. Hey, let's 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 fight each other and me run away again. It was just like running and hiding in shadow games the whole time. I, and and I don't think it could have ended with him killing the main villain. No, I think the ending worked for the story they were telling. Sure, it just didn't do anything for me. It's it, and I think you're right. The pacing, coupled by the fact that the action sequences went from larger to smaller. Just felt weird, right? And I think, and also, maybe that's why people like it because it's different. I, but I mean, I don't know. Ghost Protocol was was very similar in the way it was paced and stuff like that. But I felt like Ghost Protocol did it better. And I think the villain overall really was a detriment to this movie. Every review I've read said that the villain was terrifying, menacing, no, just cruel, no, not and at evil. all. Just because you talk really softly doesn't mean you're menacing. Just means you talk softly. Well, there was nothing about him that was intimidating. I mean, you had a little bit of his history that he was a brilliant agent for MI6 or whatever. So what? Who cares? So what? Why does that make you terrifying? And you know, he shot that one guy. And there was that scene where he shot a dude in the head just to shoot him, which I think was supposed to make him look ruthless and heartless. But it made him just look kind of like a spoiled child because it was pointless it was purposeless and someone who's that evil and calculating would be evil and calculating all the time and that felt very not calculated it felt very emotional and off the cup and different than what his character was supposed to be to me i'm not even sure what his character or who his character was supposed right. to be and so that was the biggest thing for me is this villain didn't really resonate uh, uh, with me at all i early it's like okay there's a threat but from from who exactly and what and why do i care it just didn't it just didn't feel uh right it just the the the, the villain didn't I agree with you it just didn't work i agree with for you. me i feel kind of bad i feel like this is a depressing episode it is a little depressing um good on tom cruise you know i mean he needed a hit he hasn't he really uh, past couple of uh, his movies have not really done much at the box office, sure. and so this is something he really needed. Uh, it is his nineteenth movie to open number one. Is it really? Yeah, he's quite the movie star, isn't he? He is, and so maybe that's part of the appeal as well. 
And he's so still a box how, office tragedy. How many? Yeah. How many of the summer movies have had an honest to goodness box office draw? None of them. Jurassic World did. Chris Pratt is not he's, well, at the same level. Well, no, he's not the same level as Tom Cruise, but I think he's, he's going to be there. Yeah, he's, I think. he's pretty hot right now. He's hot. Right. But he doesn't that have. Hansel, so hot right now. He <laughs> so hot right now. He doesn't have the track record. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, so, you know, good on him. And maybe nobody works as hard as he does. He is pretty hard working. No, you got to give it up to him for so, that. Nobody would do those stunts. No, just to and, do he, and he looks. He looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he definitely for looked, an older gentleman. I mean, he looks older in this one, but that's <laughs> for okay sure. because he is older. He is older. <laughs> I mean, and the Bourne films did that too, which I liked. Oh, I read a review that said that these were better than the Bourne movies, and no. bullshit. No. no, no, no. The the action, the combat, the hand to hand fighting in Bond movies, the Bourne movies, was so much better than this one. Like it was supposed to be a heist movie, the the big heist scene where they break into that super cool chamber and he's got to hold his breath because you can't have metal and stuff like that. What they was, say that was pulse pounding, and the fact that he was actually holding his breath and trained to hold his breath for six minutes, right. and you could hear as he was starting to choke, and you know he could hear his own heartbeat. You know that was really oh man, I felt like I was drowning with him. No. Yeah, I, I never felt I, – I I actually did like the fact that they did let him technically die. Yes. I, I was like, okay, that's interesting and that, that – okay, that's a cool choice. But I, I never really felt he was in danger. No. I never – No, you didn't. I never – I don't know. It's just, <sighs> And then maybe it's because there's this being the fifth Mission Impossible movie, you know that he's never going to die. And you know that we can't. No, you you ha- kind of have the idea that oh, this is going to be spectacular, and some things may go wrong, but in the end, they're going to prevail. And that I think that's something that these movies are lacking because the th- the fact that maybe you can fail, I think, would add a huge dimension to these films because none of the main characters ever die. You know, nobody ever gets hurt. It's uh, well, the only two main characters that have been. In the whole series, or uh, him and uh, uh, Ving Rhames, right? You know, everyone else has been interchangeable, and then I guess Simon Pegg's character has been around since three. Yeah, he's been in the so last three, three, four, yeah. and five. And yeah. Jeremy Renner was in the last one, and I think that was a tragedy that he was so underused in this film. He, he was. wasn't in a single action sequence. He was the guy back at home calling the shots. That's not a Jeremy Renner role. He no. doesn't do good like that. He no. needs to be in the action. Because, I mean, him as Hawkeye, he was in the action. I mean, he was still the father figure character. That, or Bourne. Yeah, or even the Bourne film. You know, get in the action. That dude can do action. And I felt like they didn't use him right. Uh, so, you know, it's been green. The six has been greenlit. I know. So. Well, when you make that much that. money. When you make that much money. What, 55 opening weekend? Yeah. Yeah, you know they're gonna make another one. Uh, it, it should be number one again this weekend. I'm I don't. Sure I don't see uh, anything supplanting it. Maybe pixels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. I, I so. I, mean, I think we've crapped on the movie enough. Right. Do, have we really? I think we've made enough case to to. I mean, I really do think that we. We're more disappointed because we could have seen Southpaw 
and we both wanted to see that more than we wanted to see do, this. Do you think that was ultimately what that the fact the the overarching factor? Was? I think that's a big part of it, and I feel like we. I mean, I feel like we gave an honest review and we gave honest assessment of it. I mean, some of the things it did okay, but I would have been fine if I'd never saw it, and I'd be and I'd be fine if I never see it again. Like if it's on HBO, you know, in a couple of years, I probably won't watch it. I would say if you enjoyed all the other Mission Impossible movies, right up your alley for if sure. that's your bag, then you you shouldn't be disappointed with Rogue Nation. No, you'd probably be thrilled with it. Um, so where would you rank Rogue Nation within the Mission Impossible movies? And I, I feel like I'm a little bit at a disadvantage because um, I, had, I had not, well, I think the only one that I haven't seen is four. Mm. Um, Ghost Protocol. Yeah, I thought that I had not seen three, but it was on last night. And I was and like, oh, well, I'll watch a little bit of it. I was like, oh, wait, no, with, I with did PSH. see this. Yeah. I think this one, I don't understand why people say it's the best. Maybe I'd have to see it again. To what really, have you done for me lately? Maybe right, a maybe. factor here. Because what, the other one came out in 2011? So it's been yeah, four, so it's or been five been years. Four years yeah. um, I think I think uh, Ghost Protocol is probably my favorite. Yeah? I like the first one a lot. And the scene where, because of the scene he did in that vault with the practical application, you know, he falls and he's like barely trying not, he's like an inch off the ground and he can't move. I think that took way more body control than holding your breath. So I think that's more impressive. I like three. Um, I probably put this right above three. So like five, then three, then two, I think is the worst, in my opinion. Hmm. So four, four, one, five, three, two. Four, one. Five, three, two. You're putting five ahead of three, even Mm -hmm. though we just ripped five? Yeah. You really didn't like three? I liked three okay. Um, Two, I think, was the worst, clearly the worst, in my opinion. Which is sad because it. one of my favorite directors, John Woo. Sure. Uh, But that was not really a John John. Woo (laughs) film. It wasn't. No. It really wasn't. But but to be fair, uh, the first Mission Impossible was not what I would consider a traditional Brian De Palma no, it film. Be. And so I think maybe all of this uh, – okay, so we've got director-wise, we've got De Palma, uh, uh, John Woo, J.J. Abrams, Brad Bird, mm-hmm. and Christopher McQuarrie. Mm-hmm. Who's more uh, known for being a writer. Oh, absolutely. And this is really only the second or third film that Christopher mm-hmm. McQuarrie has helmed. The other one being the, the main, well, the one that people may know is Way of the Gun, which was not enjoyable at all. <laughs> uh, although I like Benicio Del Toro. Not enjoyable at all. No, it wasn't. I like Benicio Del Toro, and I'm, I'm not a... I don't mind Ryan Felipe. I, I think he, he he's a little overrated. Yeah, ever since but, Cruel Intentions, you know. But I I think I don't know. Maybe that's one of the things that irked me is I felt like Mission Possible Five was adequately directed, but I expect so much more from Christopher sure. McQuarrie because he is the brains, the genius behind the usual suspects, right? And that, to me, of course, maybe he has to live in that shadow. Well, yeah, and that's, but he's worked on a lot of other things. But, but every, I think everybody has a shadow. Sure. Everybody has one those that one film where they're like, well, it's not as good as this. Well, yeah, I'm never going to do anything as good as that. Give me a break. But really, 
I don't think it's too fair to bag on the directors of these films because I think they were just guns for hire. Mm. And I think the man that is most responsible for uh, these films is Tom Cruise because he's the producer. Sure. And uh, this is really the only franchise that he has. If you think about it, there is no other yeah. franchise that he's in. And so it's like, well, I need, do I need this or that this is going to be my franchise? So the, he, I think, has put his unique stamp on the franchise. And the reason I think any of them work is because of him. And I think they work at all because we're not bringing back the same people. So I like the fact that each film has a, a, a new set of ma- mainly new actors sure. and a new uh, crew behind yeah. the camera. I like that. And I, I guess the last thing I would want to say about rogue nation was the fact that it was highly polished and completely and utterly professional. There was Absolutely nothing was. about it that smacked amateur nothing about about it that i felt cut corners but all that to be said it's no different than any other product that depending on the person that produced it it could be uh, uh, highly polished in in you know but 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 a highly polished turd is still Still a turd turd. (laughs) so but but I actually I do appreciate that because I felt like there was a lot of hard work put into it and I think it showed. Mm-hmm. It's just the execution of not the actual uh, uh, production uh, was wrong. It's just the actual just it just felt rote. It just felt uh, not necessarily run of the mill. It just felt like there wasn't anything new. But you know what? Right. Maybe that's what people wanted. Sometimes right. we don't want something fresh, something new. We want something comfortable, something. It's like comfort food. Uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe I'm coming to the conclusion I've been searching for this since this weekend is that sometimes you just want something that's going to bring you comfort, something that's going to... Something that's easy. Easy to digest, mm-hmm. something that you're not going to have to think about, something that's not going to challenge you. And I get that. Uh, I want to be challenged, but you know what? Not all the time. So maybe this was just... Maybe that's just what this is. It's it's a non-genre. You know, it's not, not that sci-fi fantasy, although it is highly fantasy. But like you said, a lot of people that probably haven't even been out to the box office this summer yet waited to go see this. Uh, and this is their movie uh, of the summer. Yeah. And it's the best movie of the summer because it's the only one they've right. seen. And I was just thinking about this. Like, it didn't feel like a Mission Impossible film. They didn't? No, because Mission Impossible films, you know, they wear the masks. They have, they have some gadgets and spy gadgets and stuff like that. Did he not... He only wore a mask one time when he was pretending to be the head of MI6. Yes. But there's always these scenes where they're in costume. What about where's all the... There's high tension. The tech. Yeah, the tech and the tension caused by if this tech doesn't work and we get caught, we're dead. You know, we're going in. And there was a little bit of that when Simon Pegg was trying to walk into the vault. But, you know, being in costume and trying to... impersonate someone else i think is much more tense and it keeps you on the edge of the seat more than just 
you know, hey, I've got to break in and do this so that you're good to go in, as you were. And then the, the techie stuff, you know, there needs to be some sort of cool techie stuff. Like they try to do it with his suit that he swam in the thing with because it could tell you what you, how much oxygen you had left and stuff like that. But it wasn't that impressive. Like in uh, Ghost Protocol, they had this cool like shield that would orient itself to where you're looking and change the view so that they could hide in like plain sight behind this screen that is altering itself by whichever way you're looking and it would move too, which I thought was awesome. But doesn't that tech like um, almost exist like practically? Right. Uh, They use it like cloak tanks and things like that. So they have a series of mirrors or screens that basically take and project what's on the other side of the object to mm-hmm. the front side of the object, mm-hmm. so it looks like you're looking through it. Right. But that, like, exists today. I know that they're testing that right. now. Yeah, and so it just felt, because the IMF had been disbanded, maybe they were like, well, we don't have access to any of this tech, so we've got to be real practical with everything. And only Well, use, that's possible. Only use what we got, but I felt like it was, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like a Mission Impossible film. It felt... It okay. felt like a normal action spy film that wasn't in the Mission Impossible franchise. Like maybe they're trying to be a Bourne film or something like that, and they didn't do it as well as a Bourne film. So, I so, mean, I feel like we're being maybe a little unfair. I, I hear you. But, like, I'm not sad that I saw it. I'll take that back. Um, I'm not sad that I saw it. I just wish I'd have seen something else. <laughs> and that is fair. So where would we rank... In the summer movies? This film, yes, within the summer movies. Really, is this the last big film of the summer? Probably. I think so. What else is coming out? I don't know. Maybe before school starts. I don't think there is anything else. Fantastic Four doesn't count as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you count, if you're just going to talk about like a blockbuster, blockbuster, yeah. I I think that may be it. Because, you know, straight out of Compton's not going to be a blockbuster. No. No. Hitman. No, no. So this, I think this legitimately is the last blockbuster of the summer. So where would we rank the summer movies? I would have to rank this one probably at the bottom. Absolutely. Um, I think Terminator. So what do we have? We've got Terminator Genesis, Mm -hmm. Mission Impossible, Jurassic World, Mad Max, Fury Road, and and Ant-Man. Did you count? Would you count Ultron as a summer? Age of Ultron, yes. I would definitely count that. I wouldn't count Inside Out. My favorite that I've seen, Mm -hmm. this is personal, is Mad Max. I'd put that as my number one of the summer, but that's me. That's my favorite out of all the ones that we saw this summer. Number two? Number two, probably Ultron. Number three, I will go with Ant Man. Number four, Jurassic World. Then Terminator. Then, wow, Terminator before Mission Impossible. Yeah, I think Terminator was. I enjoyed Terminator a lot more than I enjoyed the Mission Impossible. Honestly, I thought it was much better done, and I think that it didn't lose its identity. And I felt like the action was better. And the villain <laughs> it didn't lose its identity. It just took the former identity, crumpled right. it up, and threw it in the corner. Right. Well, I felt like the villain was much more terrifying, and I felt like they suspended reality enough to where you knew what it was. But I, yeah, I like Terminator better than I liked Mission Impossible. I think I would also go with Mad Max Fury Road as my favorite of the summer. Um, of all the ones that we saw this summer, that's the one I cannot wait to see again. 
Absolutely. I mean, I will own that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry, but you, you have a legitimate action director in George Miller mm-hmm. bringing us something new and fresh to a franchise. Uh, and that was practical too. For the most part. Yeah. There was a one, you know, there, there's some scenes, very, yeah, there there's some, some scenes in all the movies that it, it really does feel like a lot of. And I've been reading articles on this as well. It really does feel like this is the summer of bringing back practical effects. And I feel like, you know, we may see a trend moving back in that direction, which is great. That's great for me. Uh, But what I hope to see is a balance. Because I'm a, you know me, balance in everything. Yeah. Some things are just not going to be practical based on what you're trying to accomplish, sure. but don't replace the things that would look better practically with, with CGI. CGI. Just because it's easier. Just Yeah, just because it, it, it it's easier, it's maybe more affordable, although mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the case. But it really does feel like this is the summer of bringing back practical effects. And I know a lot of people have said that the, the new Mission Impossible – was really a throwback to a what an old good old fashioned action movie with mm-hmm. all you know all the practical stuff that was done. Kudos to that. Not a knock against you. I think it's great. Again, highly polished, very professional. Just not my favorite movie of oh, the yeah. summer. My least favorite movie of the summer. So let me go back. Mad Max uh, would be at the top of my list. I am going to. Hmm. Are you going to be different? Strive for difference. Uh, you or know, unity. really, I'm unity. going to put, I, I'm going to be sacrilegious and okay. put Jurassic World. As your number two? And Age of Ultron as my number two. So oh, I'm yeah. going to have them tie for two. Tie it up. Cool. Tie for two. I can respect that decision. Three would be um, Terminator Genesis. More than Ant-Man? Oh, I forgot about Ant-Man. Ant-Man, then Terminator. Okay. So we're really not that far off. Yeah. Um, I just damn, put, why did I forget about Ant-Man? I don't know. I just put Jurassic World below Ant-Man. I enjoyed Jurassic World, don't get me wrong. I just really like uh, Ant-Man a lot. And that's more enough. of that may be nostalgia. And so I, you know, it's I like, think well, Ant-Man is what really hurt Mission Impossible because I think that was a heist film that was, everything that Mission Impossible tried to do, I feel like Ant-Man did better. Really? Like humor wise, Mission Impossible tried to throw in some humor. I feel like Ant Man did the humor so much better. Okay. And then the heist, I feel like the heists were more daring in Ant Man because you're using ants. I mean, it was novel. Maybe just because it was a new thing that we hadn't seen before in films. Maybe that's why I thought. I they think were that probably had a lot to do. Maybe with that's it. why I thought it was better because you're not going to get ants to break into you know this crazy water chamber. But yeah, and I think Jurassic World for me, just because of nostalgia factor, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, well, it's well publicized that I did not care for two and three. It is well publicized. Well publicized. We got a lot. We got a lot of guff for that. P- Pussy Island. Pussy Island. Isla Sorna, the island of pussies. <laughs> I mean. Um. <laughs> so I think that's where it stands. I think we're this feels like this is the winding down of our summer episodes. Thank I mean, goodness. there's still some summer left. Uh, but you know, I'm actually I'm there's looking. There's really not that much summer. Left there's though. not. There's not enough. It's really flown by. What once you have kids? School. Yeah. And you know what happened when I was a kid? 
you got out of school before the end end of May. So, Way before the end of May. And you didn't go back until after Labor Day. Yeah. I feel bad for my kids because they're going into the first, second week of June, and then they're going back mid-August. Yeah, they get like a- What the hell? You barely get two months vacation. Yeah. But do they get longer Christmas than we did? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I just- I, I, I would rather if, if, them have the bigger chunk in the summer I would, I would because when I was growing up, that was the thing. Oh man, summer! Yeah, you're living for the summertime, summer. right? And when we were kids, summer was so much more relaxed. You know? Oh, it was. <laughs> My parents left us home alone when we were like twelve. Like the oldest one of us was twelve or thirteen. They didn't care. They're like, I'm going to go to work. We'll see you when we get home. And you can do whatever the fuck you wanted. Yeah, and I think maybe a lot of that has to do is we we didn't have a lot of tech. Yes. So we may have had a video game system. Uh, maybe oh. we had the ability to watch some movies, but most of the time we were outside right. in the sun mm-hmm. having fun. We were at the pool. We went, I mean, there was a pool right by our house we went to all the time. Went to the pool. We'd go play baseball at the baseball field that was right there. We'd play some roller hockey in the parking lot at the church right next door. I mean, we were outside. That's what we did. We were nasty, disgusting. We probably smelled like ass all the time. <laughs> all the time. Like now. Yeah, well, you know, can't help it. That's a different reason. You know, for I keep that. telling you to do something about your IBS. But, <laughs> but. I take my pill daily. <laughs> take Beano before, you know. I'm really looking forward to maybe getting some different entertainment under our belts. I really sure. feel like it is time for uh, maybe some smaller fare, maybe some more sure. foreign films, maybe some more, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Something different. We're trying to broaden our horizons. Well, because like you said, different. summer is blockbuster season. It is. And, and that's fine. If we can bring something, bring attention to something that maybe not a lot of people know about, right. uh, maybe find some diamonds in the rough, find uncover some hidden gems. Uh, that's what we live let's for. Do, let's do it. I'm fine with it. Let's do and it. And we'll keep doing it. As our long best. as it's on Netflix and I don't have to pay for it. Right. Because I already I'm pay fine for with it. I pay nine bucks a month for that shit. All right, so that is it for Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Uh, if you haven't seen it, we'll leave it up to you. Well, yeah. If you did, if you didn't like Mission Impossible movie, it's like it's like I asked my wife last night because uh, Mission, like I said, Mission Impossible three was on. I was watching somebody. Was, oh yeah, I remember that. She goes, Oh yeah, you fell asleep during that. And I said, Well, was it good? Yeah, it was good. Was it your favorite Mission Impossible movie? No. Well, what was your okay? Then what was your favorite uh, MI movie? None of them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you're going to say, that's what you're going to say. There's not much I can do about it. That one was good, but I don't like any of them. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you if you like the Mission Impossible, see it. If you didn't like it, there's plenty of other options of some. Go movies. see Southpaw. Yeah, go see Southpaw. If you haven't seen the other movies that we've reviewed this summer, go see one of those. Absolutely. You got plenty of options. So, until next week. I'm JD. I'm Josh. And we're reminding you, if you're going to do something, do it to the Instagram.